Welcome back to the Limitless Life Podcast, or welcome if you're new here. I'm your host, Brenda Johnson, and on today's episode, I have a guest with me, and her name is Amy Pendle. She is the brandographer. And let me tell you, one of the reasons I love this episode so much isn't just because we get into being seen as your authentic self and social media tips and tricks. It's because when I do these guest episodes, I love having conversations with people. So it feels like, well, and I hope this is what it feels like to all of you. It feels like you're a part of the conversation. Like we're all just kind of hanging around, having a conversation, touching on some important points and just having fun. And that is really what we did in this episode. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs and holy schnitzel. There is so much good information in this episode So trust me, you're going to want to grab your notebook if you're not driving while you listen to this or if you're not in the shower. Apparently a lot of you listen to this while you're in the shower or walking around. Just buckle up because this is such a great episode and I hope you feel the same way about it. So let's dive into this. You're listening to the Limitless Life Podcast, helping you simplify mindset and energetics by giving you easy-to-use strategies that'll help you ditch the self-sabotage and move through resistance so you can create your limitless life and business. I'm your host, Brenna Johnston, and as a subconscious mindset strategist, I've learned over the years how to make the deep transformational work even easier and far more effective. So join me weekly for new episodes and get ready to step into your highest potential. As you heard in the intro, I'm so excited to have a guest back with me. I know it's been a while. We've been doing a lot of solo episodes. You've been having to listen to me talk to myself, talking to you for a very long time. So today I'm excited to bring you Amy Pendle. She is the brandographer. She's a content creator for female brands, and she's the host of a new podcast called Magic in Being Brave. So welcome me. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You are not alone today. You are in very well company. I got you. I got you. There's no talking to yourself today. I promise. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I do. I enjoy doing the solo episodes, but I always find it nicer to be able to have a conversation with somebody. I hate solo episodes because I ramble when I'm by myself and I don't have someone else to stop me. I'm just, okay, just keep it going. I mean, you have no other choice. Like I I just ramble. I hate it. The rambling is the best part sometimes. I'm very verbose. So I will like keep rambling. And then my writer who does the show notes and stuff, I'm waiting for her to say, oh my God, can you stop talking? Shut up. And she pulls these nuggets out and I'm like, did I say that? Like, yeah, yeah. That's my, that's my producer too, Jen. And I'm like, wow, I said that. And that was actually really good. So she got like, I don't know, five seconds out of 30 minutes of rambling. That's, that's a win to me. Now I listened to your podcast. I don't think you ramble at all. I think it's a very good, like, it's very inspiring. I'm, Thanks. you know what? I got to meet you in real life in September yep. when yep. we were in California for the abundance mindset um, mastermind. I hope I don't disappoint. Do you think that I'm the same like online as I am in person? hundred percent. Okay, cool. Like a hundred percent. That's such a great question. <laughs> I, know. I always wonder, cause I'm like, I, I'm usually pretty turned on when I'm online and I'm I wonder, like, do people ever get disappointed when they meet me? They're like, why aren't you making me laugh right now? Or something. No, totally. Wow. That's such a good question. See, now I'm like, now I want to ask you that same question. Am I the same online? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. You're a little bit more magical in person. I think too, because we have that like energetic connection Mm -hmm. when, when you're in person, but absolutely not disappointed when I see you online at all. Okay. That's good to know. It's good feedback. <laughs> like It was wild because you were essentially doing the photography and the videos you shoot for Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was really cool to see, like, I've been a part of a lot of photo shoots. I've done a lot of photo shoots, like all the things. You all made it seem so fun yeah. and um, not rigid and I, just being around you, I was like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to do all the things. I'm going to make the content. I'm going to do all the stuff. I'm going to do that. Like, 
I was so inspired Aww. just being with you and hanging out with you and watching you. That's good. I'm going to need that as a testimony. I'm going to, I'm going to need that. I think people tend to get way in their heads and overthink content creating a hundred thousand percent. And the more that I've been in this world and have been behind the camera, the more I'm realizing like, man, people are really scared to just even start sometimes where when I'm at Tiffany's uh, masterminds, her little retreats, I am in charge of not only I have to capture photos that she can use for content. I'm capturing video and B-roll that she can use to make reels later. And then we do a whole photo shoot on the last day just for her. And so, and in those photo shoots, we're actually taking like saved reels. So we're making the fun reels that require like lip syncing and things like that too, on top of photos. So in my brain, I'm always just like clicking back and forth because they're different genres, but it's all the same. It's, it's all content. So if you can be in a moment and remember to take a selfie after you take a reel, like it's two birds, one stone, basically, if that makes sense. And I always try to tell people that like, just try to get as much in that one segmented time that you're creating content. So let's take the photos, let's take some reels and let's take some, let's see, how would I explain it? It's like, so B-roll is just casual, you doing stuff. There's nothing really to it. It's nothing planned. It's just like random clips that you can pull where you have planned roles is when you're actually like, okay, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to pick this up because you already know what you're going to do with those clips, you know? So I'm like, just absorb it all and take as much content as you can in whatever you're doing. If you go on a vacation, take as much content as you can, because you never know two months down the road, you're going to use it for something. Yeah. It was wild. Even just, you really changed my perspective of the B-roll thing because in my head, I was like, why would, why would people care about that? But I understand now it's the behind the scenes. Yeah. And also (laughs) taught me this one trick about like, you can take video you can actually capture still images out of the video. I was like, what? Oh yeah. Because there's sometimes like, I don't, I don't, I know there's a way to do a shutter on your, on your iPhone, but I'm like, I'd rather just set my phone up, turn the video on and we pose in front of it. Like we're taking a picture, just hold it for a few seconds and then go to a next one. And then just take a screenshot of those. And you're, you're set. You have like all these photos in one video. That literally blew my mind. That has been the biggest game changer. Okay. I'm going to remember to teach that then. Yeah, you should. Because I was like, how are these people getting these damn photos of themselves? Like, do they bring their (laughs) fucking tripods out into the wilderness with them? The little remotes and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, this is cool. Like you can, even if you need a photo for something, sometimes I'll just set my frigging video up and I'll do what you just said. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I go grab a clip of it. And I'm like, yeah, totally works. Perfect. And I know my husband's funny because if I'm going to take a picture of us, he has to know, like, are you taking, wait, 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 are you taking video or are you taking photo? And I'll say, I'm taking a photo, you know? And so he'll, he'll hold still and he'll smile where he knows, like, if I'm taking video and he's standing there, like it's a picture and I'm like, come on, loose up. He's like, you didn't tell me, you didn't tell me. So now I, I say it's a photo, but I always do video. So I'm just like, Okay, hold it. Okay, ready? Next. And he's like, wait, the shutter didn't go off. I'm like, okay, how long have you been married to me? Like, get with it, sir. Get with it. You know, it's a video, but it's photo. Like, I'm complicated. Just roll with it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Take us back. Like, did you always want to be a content creator? Like, what? How did you even get into Actually, you know, it's so funny if I think about it. In high school, when we graduated, we had to write on these little slips of paper of, like, what we planned on doing after graduation. And I always wanted to work for a magazine. I always, I wasn't sure what, I I don't think I wanted to be a writer, but I wanted to just really be a part of the process of how magazines are made. Cause even still to this day, like I'm obsessed with magazines. Like they have to have like that nice matte thick cover. Like I don't want the cheesy people stuff. Like I want like nice paper, good quality magazines. And I just wanted to be a part of that. I just want to be a part of a creative team and just make something that I was already obsessed with. Um, fast forward about five years, we moved. So yeah, it was probably about five years after high school. I was in Southern Utah and I actually was like, got a job at a magazine business down here. And I got to 
see the writers and how the the graphic designers created the pages and that was really cool but it wasn't like the kind of magazine that I really wanted to be I wanted to be like part of Cosmo or something you know like sports illustrated like get me out there and traveling that didn't happen because I got married at 19 and settled down and it is what it is but it still comes back to my obsession like I love making workbooks now where I'm like, if I can find something to make a workbook about, I'm like, yes, it's going to have the best cover. It's going to look amazing. And, um, and I don't, I just kind of fell into the content creator niche. And I don't know like really how it happened because content creators were not really a thing seven years ago, eight years ago. Like it just kind of, there were bloggers and, you could find blog posts with pictures, but nobody was really making short videos about things or, or purposely taking pictures. I call it, um, I hate that I call it this, but it really is. It's like trash content. What I make for people because I'm not taking family heirloom photos, right? I'm not doing your newborns. We're not doing family pictures. Like those are things you hold on to forever. What I create for you is trash content. You're literally going to use it maybe a couple times and then you're going to throw it away and you're going to book another session with me because you need more photos. You've changed, like your your brand has changed, things like that. Like you just need, Instagram is like this content machine and you just have to keep feeding it and you can't repurpose the same photos over and over again. It's like wearing the same shirt and every single time your friends see you, you're wearing the same shirt. Like you can't, no, girl. It doesn't work like that. So it's trash content. I'm going to own it. I'm going to, I'm going to own this trash. I I make trash content. Hashtag trash content. (laughs) Trash content. Trashy. Trashy. I get what you're saying. It's disposable. Exactly. Like we're moving on. Like you're going to have your, a picture of your hand on a coffee cup and you're only going to use it once, you know, maybe twice. Like maybe they'll use it at the end of the year in the beginning of year something, something. So yeah, I just kind of, it's that whole see a need, feel a need. And I was like, hmm. and I actually kind of liked that it was disposable. I kind of liked that people needed me more. Like with family pictures, I was only seeing my clients once a year. If that, like some years they just didn't even want I family pictures. I'm, I can't even picture you, just knowing you and your personality. I can't really picture you doing family photos. <laughs> I did for a long time. And, and I, I took pride in the fact that I was so light to be around that like husbands hate having the pictures taken kids hate standing still. And I, I liked that I was able to be kind of like a light energy. I wasn't like an annoyed photographer, but I hated the schedule. I hated that my evenings were always booked. I hated that. Like some weekends there's times that like we'd be out grocery shopping and I'd get a text message and it'd be like, we're here. Where are you? And I'd look at Bobby and be like, oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> and I'd be like, just put it like on a flat tire, you know, like run home, get my camera, run straight to the photo shoot. And like there went my evening with my family. So being a brand photographer, I, I literally have like set days that I only work on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't work on the weekends. And when I make content for brands and it's just me and there's not like a client in-house, I work in my pajamas. I go out whenever I'm ready. Sometimes I have mimosas on hand, like drinking on the job. I feel and I like make dope mimosas shit. are a necessity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes. So I heard this thing. I heard that Hemingway actually wrote drunk. Did you know that? I have heard that actually. And I like a thousand percent get it because there are times like when I've been tipsy I think I allow some guards to come down and the downloads like will pour in and I'm, and I just go, Oh God, I hope I remember this tomorrow. Like, I wish I, there's times where I'd be like, I wish I had a podcast because I could just talk like stuff is flowing right now. And so I always made that model. And it's actually funny when I wrote my first book about Instagram, I basically only wrote it when I was like drunk. Not drunk, (laughs) wasted, but like tipsy because I didn't overthink. Like, so I would, I say drunk, but I mean tipsy, but so write drunk, edit sober is how I looked at it. And so there were times that I'd be like rereading what I wrote when I was tipsy and be like, 
some fun shit. I never thought about that. I'm referencing The Bachelor over here and like all these things that otherwise I'd be so inside my head. I don't encourage like drunk writing, but I'm not judging either. Let's just say. (laughs) No, but it's true because it does your conscious mind, the critical me doubt, Sally doubt talker there gets out of the way because she's relaxed. Yeah. So then it's like, oh. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm just feeling a little bit more calm. I'm not overthinking things. Yeah, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it, man. Some of the best oh, yeah. things I've created. It's always when I'm in the shower and I just be like, oh, <laughs> I can't write this down right now. And I'd call my husband and I'd be telling him these things. And he's like, why are you telling me all this? I'm like, I don't know. So maybe tomorrow when I'm like, what did I say? You could remind me. And then it would just like come back. He never, it's like he pays attention. <laughs> oh my God. Fun fact for you that you probably don't know. Um, I actually started working for a magazine group. That was how I started my career in advertising no marketing. Yeah, because I too love magazines, like actual <laughs> yeah paper. I used to call myself a paper whore because back in the olden days, yeah, you worked in an ad agency, you could contact the paper companies to get beautiful samples of paper and expensive yes. paper. Oh and my like, gosh. Oh, Same. I would just like love the Same. paper. I had a drawer full of paper samples. Yes. Me too, but they were like photography paper. So I would go to these expos and the printing companies would have like the different types of papers that you could get your business cards printed on or flyers or photos. And I just remember like having this little clear pouch of all these little cuts of paper and be like, this is what I want to do with my life. I just, I want to be involved with like the visual aspects of things because I feel like I have a pretty good eye. I can look at something and be like, that's crap, you know, or I could be like, this is magical. Like, and those paper, papers, man. Paper was magical. I remember because yeah. back in those days, I had create these beautiful, because I was the designer. So I was creating these beautiful pieces and I would convince the client to like really invest in these expensive papers because back in the old days they would. Oh man, classic crest column, classic columns, all the like really thick double-sided stuff. (laughs) That was my jam. I was like, Mm. I loved paper. I love me. I still love magazines. I still do. I still do. Then that's the thing. When I go to like Barnes and Nobles or a bookstore, I'm always like looking at the magazines and I'll pick it up and be like, if it's going to rip easy, no, thank you. But it has to, it's all about like the visual aspect of it. We just love that stuff. And the way it, it has to have a certain weight and it has to smell a certain way. (laughs) I feel you. I get it. Somebody listening right now is like, I'm not a weirdo. There's other people like me. No, I love the way paper smells. I love, and all my listeners, I've never talked about this. So they're all going to be like, wow. But anybody who's like, oh, the paper or the printing industry is obsolete. Really? Can you see the 500 books behind me? Like, I love being able to hold a thing. That's my daughter. Yeah, my daughter like goes for books. And I'm always like, no, just digital ones right now for me. Because I'll just ruin them but she's very like I'll ask her can I borrow this book you said it was great she's like Mm-mm, you're gonna like bend a corner or break the spine or and I'm like I'm not five but then like she gives it to me and I'm like oh I gotta go do something and I bend the corner I'm like <gasps> for years though I would never my books were pristine I would never write in them I would have post-it notes but then I started realizing that it was okay for me to write in the books and highlight certain yeah. things and have a million post-it notes and your book yeah and I don't read books from start to finish yeah I know that sounds weird but I feel like does it we all get the message we need when Mm -hmm. we need it and then it's like okay cool the book is done like dude yeah I'm the worst I always just skip towards the end because I'm like "Eh." but I'm the same way like on Netflix if there's a show or something I'll like I'll watch the first couple episodes and I skip to like the most recent episodes. I got to know. I'm like, did they have the baby? Did he find out about the affair? Like, are they still together? (laughs) See, I don't do that. I will watch the episodes in order, but you know what I will do is I will Google what happened (laughs) as I'm watching. So it's like, are they still together? (laughs) I have to know. I have to know. So funny. But I also feel like it's interesting watching shows and reading books and 
kind of like looking at what other people are doing when you can do it in a way that is not like you're not getting caught up in the comparison trap when yeah. you're just observing and not absorbing things now do we all get stuck in the doom scrolling yes oh, we yeah. do oh yeah i think that that prevents a lot of people from actually showing up as their authentic self and i know mm -hmm. one of the things you help people do is literally show up as their authentic self so yeah. how do you what's your advice to give to people so that they can show up as their authentic self and not be like in their head okay step one unfollow anybody that makes you feel like garbage anybody like i don't even care if it's family friends you make them unfollow you if you need to if you're if, if you're scared about being judged block them i mean not the block can i tell you how many times i've removed my dad from my instagram he just keeps following me and i just keep like removing him I don't block them, but I remove them because there's something about my dad watching my reels. And I'm like, oh, it just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's on Facebook. She's hardly ever on Instagram. So I don't mind if she sees my stuff. She like knows how weird I am. But my dad and I are like aren't as close. So when he hops on, I just remove him constantly. So remove anybody that you are like nervous to show up as yourself. Just remove them. Like they're worst case, they're going to hop on. They're going to be like, oh, where did she go? And they're going to follow you again. Then you're just going to remove them. You know, like there's no proof that you removed them. You could just be like, I don't know. Instagram's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like you need to get rid of somebody. Just that just is a prime I mean, nugget. Blame right it on there. technology. Yeah. Blame it on the retrograde. <laughs> like Instagram right? acted up. I don't know. It made, it unfollowed me on a bunch of people too. Just play along with it. So number one remove people. Number two, unfollow people that if you are scrolling and you see something and it just kind of like hurts your heart and you're like, oh, I'll never be as good as her. Ugh. Unfollow, please, 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 please unfollow because you should only be inspired. You should never feel unworthy. So if you, if you're following somebody and they inspire you and you're like, yes, okay. I feel like I could do that. Keep following them. Only follow people that light you up. So that was my first step. I would say if you're, if you're scared to show up as your authentic self, do that because then all of a sudden you're not, you're not making content for faces that, you know, you're making content for basically a blank screen. You don't, you don't mm. know who's on the other side, who's going to see this. Right. So just really embrace it because the right people are going to find your content and the right people are going to like gravitate towards you. So that's what I always say. Number two is you have to remember that your Instagram is not for the world, right? Your Instagram is for you to make magic, what lights you up. And your Instagram is for your ideal clients. So I always say this to photographers too, because sometimes people are so scared to show up as a human. They just want their Instagram feed to be like their work. And I'm like, stop that shit right now. Like, if I wanted to look at your portfolio, I would go to your website and look at your portfolio. Is it a, show your work, but don't let it just be your work. Like you need to show up as personality too. Cause there have been times where I've gone as a mom to hire a photographer and I have absolutely no idea. Like she, her stuff's pretty, but like, is she going to be a bitch? Is she quiet? Does she have any kind of personality? Is she loud? Like, is she fun? Is she boring? I want to know who I'm going to be spending an hour to two hours with. And you have to remember those things. People, no matter what you do, if you're a coach, people want to know who they're going to be conversating with, who they're going to be engaging with outside of Instagram. So it's a really important that you show up as yourself. Mm. Otherwise, you're either really going to disappoint some people or you're really going to surprise some people. It's going to be like this spectrum, right? There's, they don't know what they're going to get. So I would rather know that people are going to, are going to get to know me and they're going to know what to expect when they show up on a Zoom meeting with me. Mm. Yes. So like that, I love that you're the blank, <laughs> like <laughs> it's blank. You're creating for blank. Like there's, don't yeah. worry about all the people. <laughs> yeah. So there's people that will just create only what they think their clients want. And, and that's okay. That should be a, like a slice of the pie, but that should not be the whole cake. 
you need to also create for you because that's what's going to set you apart from anybody else that does what you do. Well, and, and I also feel like that probably is what's going to help keep you from burning out and getting yeah. like tired and overwhelmed because there are oh, yeah. people get so in their head about being on social media and doing their social media or not mm-hmm. doing it. Do I have to post seven times a day? Do I have to do this? Do I have? To... Exactly. And I've been there. I've got caught in that. Yeah. Well, they're because it they feel that way because right now social media is loaded with like these professional coaches that know everything about Instagram and they're like, use this audio right now. If you want to go, I'm like, I promise you, you can use that audio, but if you're real as shit, it's not gonna get traction. Like, don't don't make what you think other people want. Because I've also seen clients who they only post about their one little thing, like. If they're a coach, they're, that's all they talk about. And I promise you, people want to know more than just what you're an expert in. They want to know like how you like your coffee. They want to know where you go shopping. They want to know what your pet's names are and what your pet's quirks are. Like people just love, it's, it's human nature. We just love to know the behind the scenes of the expert. Well, and I think that's why going to California for me was fun because I was like, oh, finally, they're going to get to see me actually leave my cave I'm mm-hmm. not just in the forest. I'm not just in my office. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And they did, didn't they? Yeah. But it's also funny because some of the most engagement I get on stories is of me in this forest with my dog or mm-hmm. anything to do with my dog. He gets a lot of like. Oh, yeah, he's your baby. Yeah. It's the same thing. If you didn't have a dog and you have a toddler and you share stories of like your chaotic toddler life. Like people, people love it. I had a friend whose grandma um, was going through kind of like a dementia where she couldn't remember a lot of stuff. And so my friend had moved in with her grandma for a little while and she was a fitness coach. So this is like what she focused on doing. She would share every day, these hilarious stories about her grandma. And I tell you, like, I loved her as a fitness coach. I loved learning from her, but I was living for her stories because she'd be like my grandma woke up this morning and called the cops on me because I was in her house (laughs) she didn't remember who I was but I also love that too because she's able to make not make fun of or make light 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 of it make it less painful (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but like when it's your real life and you have like when you can turn your audience from just an audience into a community like you win like hands down you can do anything you want. They, they will just love you like family. And so that's, I think the end goal should be for everybody is to grow your audience from just audience and faces to a community, like your friends, talk to them, like they're your friends and, and they will be. Mm. How do you, cause me watching you, my perception is it's really easy for you to just like come up with ideas for content Oh. Is that actually how it is? Like, how do you come sometimes, up with the ideas? Um, sometimes it is, but then sometimes I overthink it. Like I will have clients like just send me products and be like, what, just shoot however you want. Like we trust you. And I, oh, I have to sit on it for a few days or I'll start shooting. And it's a process of like, it's like muscle memory. You just have to like keep warm up, you know, like I'll style something like, Oh my God, that's so ugly. And I'll throw it to the side and like do something else. Like I'll take 80 to 200 pictures before I feel like I found the sweet spot. And when it comes to like content creating, as far as videos, like reels, um, sometimes I just like, I think it's important to scroll. I think it is important to take in other people's work to get inspired. And so I have a little save folder of things like there's one that I want to make and I'm waiting. I saw this, I forget what the audio is, but the idea is the girl's like walking through target and she's like the fastest way to ruin your target trip. And then she pans from her hands on the shopping cart up to her husband next to her. And I was like, Oh, that's hilarious. So now I don't remember what she said and I don't remember the audio and I like it that way because I remember the concept. I know like what the point was of it. And so when I go to remake it, it will be different from hers. It'll have the same concept, but it'll be different from hers. I think when people straight try to copy and paste, you lose the magic. So that I always like take notes. I didn't save it because I don't want to reuse the audio. I don't want somebody else like scrolling through the audio and then see like a copy paste. So I, I will take notes and write down concepts for reels versus directly saving them sometimes. 
so that I'm using like an original audio. I'm using like original verbiage. Like when I write it out, it's not going to be a copy paste. So that that's one way to kind of make authentic magic where, I mean, have you seen that book? How to steal like an artist. I have it somewhere. No, but now I'm going to want to look it up. <laughs> it's a good, it's a really good, it's like a little black book. It's called how to steal like an artist. And it's basically the concept is, is nothing is original. Like we have all taken inspiration from somebody and somebody took inspiration from somebody else. So there's like a, there was a photo shoot of a girl laying down on the ground and she had like disco balls and it was on black paper and a bunch of confetti, but it was like new year's Eve vibes. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And I kind of wanted to recreate it in my own. So that's what I did with a a client a while ago. I'm like, it's over there behind me. I had colorful confetti, pink paper, giant disco balls. And it's kind of the same concept, but it's totally different because it's my take on it. So it's not the same, but I love that book because that made me feel validated in the sense of like, yeah, we do all pull inspiration from other people. So when I shoot something that I feel like was authentic and then somebody else kind of like recreates it themselves, I don't take like, I'm all, that's cool. It's, it's different. It's not a copy paste. It can never be because you don't have my magic, but I'm glad that they were able to make something like they saw something that lit them up and then they made it for themselves and that lit them up. And that will probably light somebody else up. So it's just like a candle lighting another candle all the way down. They're just, and they're all different candles. Mm, One of the greatest creative directors I ever worked with, that was her advice to me. She looked at me one day and she's like, Brenda, the only thing you need to remember is there are no original ideas. Mm -hmm. And part of me felt a little defeated by that. But then Mm -hmm. part of me also felt like, oh, this actually opens things up even more because then you're yeah. not trapped in like a little box. Okay, yeah. can I, like, I think you- that there can be original ideas like yeah, once absolutely. in a while, but everything is pulled, like everything is pulled bits and pieces from something. So I want to ask you yeah. back to the target thing. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I see people doing these videos, whether mm-hmm. they're out in target or they're out someplace and they're you like, they're clearly not holding the camera. Yeah. Are they, like, do you like stuff your camera in spots when you're in? Inst- like, I what mean, the you, fuck is going on can. here? There's so <laughs> many different tools that you can use. So um, some phones have like pop sockets, you know, on the back. Oh and yeah, can, I have you, a pop socket. You could literally just be like, uh, you know, volunteer pop socket if you needed to. Or flip it this way so you can see the screen. Or, um, But then there's, there's like little, uh, do I have one in here? Shoot. Oh yeah. I have two balls of like there's all kinds of things. So I had like this has a clamp on it. I could clamp it and a bendy arm. So if I'm out somewhere and I know that a, a purpose that I'm gonna create, that's the other thing too. People get really nervous to create in public and you just gotta fucking do it, man. Just who cares if they're looking? They're just jealous. But also nobody gives a shit. That's where I learned. Nobody gives a shit. So when we were in California and it was like, okay, just go out and shoot some content, I was like outside with all of these uh-huh. people on the boardwalk no what's worse Nobody is like when you're cares. in a store yeah it's the worst is like when you're in a store you know and you want to like prop your phone up on the shelf and you want to like walk by it like you're shopping and you're and then someone like comes in and you're just like like put the phone down and you're like oh yeah tampons that's what I yeah I came for the tampon and then they're gone you're like oh great Whew. you know I I I still if if I don't exercise again, it's all muscle, muscle memory. If I don't exercise that and I don't create in public enough, I will get nervous again. And I know a lot of YouTubers and my husband did YouTube for a long time too. So I'll, I know exactly how it is. Like if you do it enough, it's just becomes second nature. And it does, I promise it doesn't bug you. Like you almost feel cocky walking around talking to yourself on a camera in front of people because you're like you know people are see this you know you have an audience and you have a community that cares these people don't know that you know so you just have to like find this I told my friend about this one time I was like you kind of have to invent an alter ego and you have to just show up as that person in real life especially when you're in a store around strangers like they they don't know who you are what if you were on tiktok and you had like 500,000 followers they don't know that 
You know what I mean? So like show up as the person that has 500,000 followers on TikTok and just own it. Yes. It does. And it will feel weird. It will. But do it enough times. I'm going to say do it do it five times. It won't feel weird. I'm not saying that you have to do it like for a year. I'm saying like after five times, I mean, everybody's making content and they're not making content. It's because they don't know how. So don't feel judged. That's actually the way I got comfortable doing video was doing the voiceover things because they were funny for me. Oh, yeah. I actually haven't done one of those for, I think I'm going to do a few of those because they're just funny. And that's how I got comfortable being on camera and then being able to actually talk. You know what? I think voiceovers are actually the hardest for me because I have no problem creating all the B-roll, the B-rolls and then putting it together. It's sitting down. And like getting my professional voice and like holding that record button to record over and I'll get so far and I'll, I'll, I'll say too much. And then I'll miss the point where I need, it's like when you're giving instructions on how to make hot cocoa and then you're talking, you're talking, and then you're pouring the cocoa in, but you're still talking about like boiling the hot water and you're like, ah, and then you have to start all over again. And so it's all about like getting that timing. I I swear, like when I do voiceovers, I could do it like 10 times before I'm finally like, fuck it. It's fine. It's crazy too, because like Instagram, you've got 90 seconds and then mm-hmm. on TikTok, you can talk a bit longer. So then in mm-hmm. my head, I'm like, am I filming this for TikTok or is it for Instagram? And how can I film yeah. it so that I can take part of it for Instagram and part of it for like, it's so weird. yeah. Oh my gosh. You know what? I, I'm on TikTok, but I don't create content for TikTok anymore. And I know that there's people that are like, get on TikTok, be on TikTok. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to be a boss at one platform. And that's fine for me. Like if I'm not on TikTok, I don't care. I'm on Instagram and I'm getting really good at it. I'd rather be really good at one than like so stressed trying to learn multiples. You want to post. Oh, it's nice about Instagram. Yes. My Instagram will automatically post on the Facebook too. Like sometimes I look at my reels and it will say like, it will say that I've had like 5,000 views and I'll be like, what? And then I'm, I go through the insights and only... 500 show up on Instagram, but like 4,000 and something was played over on Facebook. And I was like, I totally forget about that, that you can turn on the little thing that allows Instagram to post it on Facebook too. So yeah, I don't do that because my parents are on Facebook and I don't, <laughs> it's weird as a 49 year old. And I'm like, I don't want my parents to see what I'm yeah. doing. Like, no, I feel <laughs> lock them. You're like, sorry. Like, no grade. No. Um, what are some of like the apps or software or things that you love and that you Mm -hmm. think everybody should be using? Okay. So 90% of everything I film, I film on Instagram, everything. Same. Same. I love it because I can control the, like the aesthetics of it. Yep. Or sometimes when I'm, (laughs) yes. And people are like, you shouldn't use a filter. And I'm like, fuck it. If a filter makes you feel confident to show up, use a filter. Who cares? But I don't also, care. Look gorgeous. I love the, light- the way I like having the same kind of lighting. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so the filters help with that. Yeah, it really does. And I like a clean light. And sometimes my, my phone's camera, I don't know why everything, I don't like it. I'm like, I want it brighter. I want it crisper. Like that's just my style. So I don't necessarily use the filter to like, give me lashes. Like I have lashes. I don't care about that. Does it, do I, am I mad that it smooths my skin? No, I'm not mad, you know? So use the filter. So I film everything mostly in Instagram, but before I save it in drafts, I always back up, save it to my camera roll too. Like always download it. Even if there's no audio, like always save it to your camera roll because it will take logging out of Instagram one time and you losing every fucking thing to like, ruin your mood. Let me tell you. So do that. My other app that I absolutely love is InShot. Do you use InShot? I used to, and then I switched over to CapCut. Okay. CapCut's not bad, but I love InShot because InShot feels more like an an editing studio to me where it's like, I will extract the video or the audio from this video and put it here. And like, I don't like anything fancy stuff, right? I just, I want like nice clean videos that are the right size at the right size. So, um, size, size and size, like literally size and then quality size is what I mean when I say that size and size. So I love that. I I've just mastered it and I bought the pro version of it. So I don't ever have to, it's like a lifetime membership or something. So I never have to pay for it again, but those are, 
Oh, and um, I have a caption app because sometimes I do like the fun captions that pop up on the bottom with color. I love that. So those are the only apps that I really use. I used to have um, some the Lightroom app and then I would buy the presets for it. But uh, and I got a new phone and I just was like, you know what? I never used that. So I'm not going to download it again. It just keep it easy on yourself. If you if things get too complicated, you're not going to want to create. That's back back in the olden days, like a few years ago, mm-hmm. I had things like Snapseed and yes. Lightroom and all this. I was like, oh my yes, God. Yes. And we were like sure circling things and removing things. And Canva is really, really great. I do have Canva on my phone um, every once in a while because you can make a good reel. Like if you have a, a mock-up phone and you want to drag and drop your video into the mock-up phone, like you can get, if you feel like being creative and kind of pushing the boundaries and being more than just like a visual video, you can go over to Canva. And, but I prefer to do that on my desktop, not my phone. Same. I I yeah. prefer Canva on my phone. And it's hilarious because as somebody who came from like the design industry and I used all the Adobe products and I bought yeah, it me too. for years. Yeah. For a hundred and like 80 bucks or something, I can get Canva Pro. It does way more than some of them. It's super Isn't that easy. so funny because I was so against Canva. So like, was I. I, hate I was like, you guys, that is not real editing. That is Same. not real like Photoshop. Like, no, thank you. I'll make everything from scratch in Photoshop. Same. I so, was no, doing that you. up until a couple of years ago. Same. <laughs> I know when I started helping Sam with stuff, I was like, she had a Canva account. She gave me the login and I, I sat there for like three days just trying to figure it out. And now I'm like, oh, it's easy. You just Yeah, but now they but, keep adding stuff. Well, and the hard part too is like, I feel like people who only make logos and stuff on Canva, I'm like, you're not a graphic designer. You're, you're, you're a creative, but no, I'm sorry. I still make all, if I need something like really, really good, I'll just make it in Photoshop. Cause I feel like I have more control over there. Yeah. If I was creating like a logo or something that I would be doing yeah. that in illustrator, like where, yes. like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like for the shit that I do now, mm-hmm. Canva, you just want to make a, a cover for a reel or like a, a stagnant post, like easy easy and then I'll get on creativemarket.com and that's where I buy like all the templates if I need if I want something that's consistent have you ever used creative market no but I keep hearing about it good stuff man good stuff and it's like everything most everything will come with a canva template or a photoshop template or like an illustrator template so you would be really versatile over there but yeah you can buy these packages and they will have like a hundred pre-made Instagram real covers, you know, and they're already drag and drop your photos, change the words, ready to go. And you can find like, and they come in all different styles. So you would type in like real covers, like modern pink real covers, and it would pull everything. And I'm like, oh, that fits my brand. Thank you. But they do everything. You do mock-ups. Like if you have a coffee mug with a design, they have mock-ups, but for that, you would have to know how to use Photoshop. But, but like also, Canva also does mock-ups now, which is blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. So everything AI right now, I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to figure this out. Like, give me a second. Cause I've seen some really cool Photoshop stuff that people are doing with AI. And I'm like, what? How did you? Huh? I've huh? also seen some really janky stuff. Which I, makes you go- <laughs> I mean, but that's life. That's life. Go shopping at Target. You're going to see janky stuff there too. So mostly I love that you can get, um, workbook templates. And sometimes I feel like Canva has a, like a vibe to it. Like you can see something and kind of point out like, Oh, they made that on Canva. A hundred percent. And I hate that. Oh, I hate that so bad. So I always go like just a little bit farther when I do design something on there to like tweak it enough that it could have been made in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. I but, love yeah. Um, I want to talk a bit about you pivoting your business because I know yeah. that you are in a bit of a pivot. You're doing a little bit mm-hmm. of a transition. How did you know it was time to do that? How did I know it was time? Um, I think business slowed down just a little bit and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and that's where I was like, Hmm, because for so long I have been the person behind the camera. I am constantly making and editing the content for people. And I was like, what would it be like if I just did it for myself? Like, what if I was in front of the, it's harder, 
obviously it's a lot harder to make content for myself than it is for somebody else, because when you're on the inside and that's where I feel like I can relate to a lot of people is like, when I'm on the outside, just the person telling you what to do, like, I'm like, duh, it's easy, Brenda, like get in front of your camera and take this stupid video. All right. But when it's me, I'm like, but you don't understand. Like I have dark circles under my eyes and I'm tired and, and it's cloudy and now there's no light. Like I, I hear all the excuses now from me. And so I totally, totally get it. But I, I'm enjoying the pivot because I feel like when it's like, (laughs) when you hear the people say like, I quit my nine to five working for someone else that I could work 24 seven for myself. You know, I'm like, I would rather kind of apply that energy that I'm putting into other people into myself and see where it goes because I decide, and I knew for a long, long time that I didn't want to be a photographer forever. I've always wanted to use that, um, as a tool for something else. Like I, I love having the skill and, and knowing the knowledge that I know, but I wanted to be able to apply it to something else that as I get older, I'm not going to be like threatened by all these 18 year olds who are coming out and starting their photography businesses right out the gate because they're in touch with Gen Z or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not in touch with these people. I'm having a hard time making content for them, you know, but so that's, I'm, I pivoted into being like a professional content creator for brands where they can work with me if their brand aligns with me. Like I'm happy to make videos using my kids, using my family in my home to showcase a more of a lifestyle spin on their brand. But I also was like, I'm always coaching these people that I take photos and video for. And I'm like, they're just getting free coaching. Like they hired me for photography and I'm spilling my guts and teaching them everything while we're here in person. So I decided, okay, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be my own entity and I'm going to coach and teach on the side. And, and I don't want to come across as coachy. I really just want to come across as like your best friend that it like wants the best for you. And I'm going to push you and I'm going to tell you everything that I know because I do want the best for you. So that's right. I made my, um, my workbook. It's so pretty, Brenda. It has like all these, where can people get the workbook? Can so I just got it in the mail today. Okay. <laughs> um, I poured my heart into it. It's like everything that I know about Instagram. It's everything I know about branding and creating reels. But I've also learned over the years that people, like they don't like to do things on by themselves. Like if you download a course, the chances of you actually watching the whole thing and following through are really, really slim. So my idea is that I'm going to create like an online mastermind where we're going to meet up and there'll be like five of us max. So like me and four other women, and we're going to get on zoom calls and we're going to work through the workbook together. And so if you have questions, I'm going to poke you, I'm going to find out what your pillars are. I'm going to see what your magic sauce is. And then I'm going to throw ideas at you and you're going to write them down. And then you're going to have homework for a week. Like you're going to, when we're done, you have to make a reel and it has to be about what we outlined. And then we come back. The next week, you're going to show me and I'm going to critique it. And I'm going to help you. And it's like, could you imagine just like hanging out with four of your best friends and like learning together? So, and that's where I thrive too. Like, I don't want, I don't want to just hand you something and be like, this will fix your life and then walk away. I want to be like, okay, any questions? What, what do you get? What do you not get? What do you, what do you need help with? That's where I specialize. So. So when is that going to come out? Or are you just noodling it? Soon. So I made a reel this morning, just kind of fishing to see like what interest is out there. Cause I think my biggest fear is like, I'm going to throw this out there and nobody's going to bite. So, and, and then it comes down to, again, like pricing it. I'm like, what if I do like $99? I'll meet with you four times. And then uh, we will not be doing $99. <laughs> Let, that's how I feel talk about my that's mindset like, again. <laughs> isn't that me? I'm like, that's me though, because I am like, just so excited for them or I'm like, mm, let's see, it cost me about $15 to make the workbook. Like I have to break down the numbers. I have to like still plan all that out, but it's going to happen. Like by mid January, it will be live and ready to go. So I love that. Where's the best. I don't even need to ask this. The best place for people to hang out with you is obviously Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have your handle. It's at the brandographer, but I'll put it at in the show notes. The underscore brandographer because somebody took the brandographer and they Girl. don't, it's not even like an active account. There's nothing to it. So that's why I have underscore Brenda Johnson because somebody <laughs> took my fucking name. And I was like, you're like, do you not know? And like, who are you? Come on now. Um, I always ask this question of people. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> What does living a limitless life mean to you? A limitless life? I think it's not putting yourself in a box and saying, I'll be happy when, or I'll consider myself successful when it's always pushing and leveling up. Because I've done that. Haven't we all done that? Like, I'll be happy when I just break 5,000 followers. And then you get to 5,000 followers and you're like, I'm not happy. You know, I'm like, no, don't. Don't put limitless, like don't put limits on yourself. Yeah. And that's a big thing. And we fall into that, especially overachievers. It's like, you're constantly just looking for that dopamine hit. That's a whole nother podcast episode we could do. But like, yeah. Oh yeah. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Because also we're not open to receiving the goodness of what's in the present moment. Yep. Mm. Exactly. I love this. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to have this conversation with us. I love you. You are just, I, if I could just hang out with you all the time, I would. You know why you gotta be in Canada, eh? I know, eh? Eh? (laughs) But I'm, yeah, I just, I love all the things you do. I love what you stand for. I love your energy. I love you. You just make me giggle and laugh and smile, so. Don't be a stranger. If you loved this episode and you'd like to hear more things like this, or if you got a aha moment or a nugget or something, I would love for you to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram underscore Brenda Johnston. And I'll be sure to tag Amy in it, the brandographer, because when you do this, it helps me see what you're resonating with, what you're loving, what you want more of. And if you have not already had a chance to do this, I would love and appreciate if you would take two minutes at the most to go leave me a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast, because the more reviews the show gets, the more you are helping me grow this show and the more people we can help create Limitless Lives. So until next time, here's to living your Limitless Life.